0: Well, as we move into chapter four of the book of Esther, we come to the famous section, perhaps you've come or attained royalty for such a time as this. And Esther really had to decide if she was gonna trust in the Lord, if she was gonna step up to save her people, if her faith was gonna be bigger than her fear. And we all have to face that, and we all have to find the courage from the Lord, and even within, to do the right thing, to take a stand when it's time. We're gonna explore that more today on Walking Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Today I was driving in my car and there was a man walking down the middle of the street like this. He looked so angry, and he was literally in the middle of my lane, and he wasn't moving. It was almost like he was saying, we're going to play chicken right now, me and you. And he, and I'm in a car. I got metal around me. And my first reaction, see if I can get a witness for this one, was something like this. I mouth these words, are you going to get out of the road? (laughs) You say, Pastor Michael, no. Yes, it's true. I am human, especially human when I'm driving. I mouthed the words. I was hoping he could understand. He could read my lips. Are you going to move? And I did one of these. Now, in my old days, this would be a moment to fight. This is moment when you exit your vehicle and you're like, all right. Let me tell you something. You want to take my lane? We'll talk about it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a pastor. And uh, it's usually uh, heals most of my Fleshly thoughts. Anyway, so I did end up going around him, and <laughs> I just went up to my house. And as I passed him, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, What are you doing? Pray for him. I, I was so, I, I went back to my Italian machismo days where it's my lane, and you ain't gonna mess with my lane, and nobody's gonna get ahead of me when I'm out driving. Because this is a race. I don't know if you knew this, this is a race. And we used to take our kids on a trip. You'd look to the back seat and you'd say, There is no more bathroom. That white car is not going to beat me to Arizona. <laughs> uh huh. See, I see the ladies looking at the men because the ladies are going, Why did you do, you do that? Are you going to get directions? <laughs> yes, it's a male deficiency. <laughs> Pray for us. Anyway. So I, I just prayed for him. I can't tell you. I got out of my car and said, what's wrong? Can I help you with something? It didn't seem like the appropriate time maybe to do that. But I did, I did feel convicted. Like, what's going on in this guy's life that he'd be walking down the middle of the street wanting to take on a car? Like, really? And so the Lord's working on my heart to, to try to see past. It's not, it's not about you. Well, Esther could have had all of her excuses, right? He hasn't caught on me. My life's on the line. What if he doesn't hold out the scepter? Genesis 49.10 says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people's. Psalm 45, 6 says, a scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom, O God. But Esther could have done something like this. You know, it's been five, five and a half years, and maybe I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, I've heard some talk about providence, but in reality, maybe I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe I'm not the guy. I'm not the girl. We know stories of Moses and Gideon and others who said, Lord, you have the wrong person. It's not me. And I'm sure Esther, and we could all relate to this, probably said something like this. What am I doing here? He hasn't wanted to see me in a month. I'm in a Persian court, and now my adoptive father, my older cousin Mordecai, wants me to go to this king and risk my life? No way. That's my flesh, right? Whenever a big challenge comes our way, what can I do? Maybe I've lost favor. I might die. I can't. I can't. I can't. But you can do how many things? All things through Christ who strengthens you. Esther's first reaction is natural. We tend to take the path of least resistance, which requires the lowest level of commitment to address problems. One writer says complex problems are seldom solved by a quick and easy answer, however appealing it might seem. And Mordecai will not let Esther avoid the problem, here with a simple answer. Another writer says, in a time of crisis, for all our orthodox theology, our own first response is frequently the whimper of resignation or human strategy rather than robust faith in God. We believe in God, but in practice, we react to life's crises as if we are virtual atheists, close quote. These are challenging truths, but there they are. And so they related Esther's words to Mordecai, verse 12, and then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. These words, middle of 13. Do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. I think simply he's saying, I believe in God's covenant promises to Israel and I believe he'll find another way. And you and your father's house will perish. And who knows, whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. You see, Esther was saying, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. And older cousin Mordecai, adoptive father, was saying, no, sweetie, you're right where you need to be. Amen. But my temptation is often to say, could you get somebody else? There's, there's other people around here, in there? There's other Christians in this neighborhood, in this country, in this church, in this company, in this city, in this town, in this zip code. <laughs> Why me? You know who I am. You know my frailties. You know my inadequacies, inabilities. Let me just print them out for you again, God. You I know you know everything, but you know, I just put them before you again. prone to prone to prone to prone to, prone. Prone to <laughs> And in a very Jewish way Mordecai says, "Who knows?" <laughs> now, that wouldn't comfort me a whole lot. I mean, if Mordecai said something like this, you have been put in this spot for such a time as this, no doubt, take it to the bank, sister. That would be one thing. But he, he adds a who knows? <laughs> what, what do you mean, who knows? I'd like somebody to know. Do you know? Who knows? <laughs> who knows what the weather will be like tomorrow? Who knows? I hope somebody, God knows. We often say that, God knows, but I don't know. Maybe you've come into royalty for such a time as this. Do you think when Esther heard that, she kind of did one of these contemplative moments where you you start weighing, you know, the negative and positive side of the ledgers. Let's see what God's done. Let's uh, let's, let's check. Yeah, that, that did happen. Boy, that was surprising. Yeah, he did pick me and there was hundreds of girls and, Yeah, I I, I do sense that he's got me, but, but, (laughs) (laughs) go down the other side of the ledger, this, and then this, and this. And it just depends on who you want to listen to, right? Your fears or your faith. It comes down to who do you really believe in? Who's your God? Who do you trust? And Mordecai says, Esther, Maybe you're God's vehicle for just this time. Now Esther still had something to do and we're gonna get to that, but that's not for tonight. But we're not gonna get to the full way that she responded. But here's what we need to see. Even though providence is God guiding and providing, and if you're standing before a door, there's still something he asks of you. And for those of you who think these theological trails through, this is the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. <laughs> and uh, where they intersect is not always easy to answer. But God has put her in this spot. And here's the question Could she say no? Well, Mordecai said, if you say no, then God will find another way. But who knows? I want to show you one more cross-reference. It's the book of Joel. So you've got to go way to your right. Book of Joel. So in the minor prophets towards the end of the Old Testament. And if you don't want to turn there, just listen to it. This is a connection that has some interesting uh, things to say to this whole thing about mourning and fasting and who knows. This is uh, Joel 2.12. Joel 2.12. Yet even now declares the Lord... Return to me with all your heart with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Joel 2.13. Rend your heart and not your garments. Now return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. And then the Bible says, Joel 2.14, who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, even a grain offering and a libation for the Lord your God. Blow a trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly back to Esther and we'll finish it. Who knows if he might leave a blessing behind? Who knows if he might do something that would shock you? But here's, here's the deal. Faith has to work in uncertainty. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Today, it's very important to know what you believe and why you believe it. Do you have an answer when your friends, family, or coworker asks you about your faith in Christ? The Truth Academy is here to help the believer contend for the faith. You can take online or on-campus classes on subjects like Christian apologetics, Christian doctrine, world religion, contemporary cults, and much more. Enrollment for the spring quarter is open now until April 12th. Visit thetruthacademy.com today to register. That's thetruthacademy.com. See you in class. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk and Truth. We call it faith because sometimes you have to step when you don't know exactly how it's all going to go. You have to trust God, and faith is trust. Now, she's not going to take a step of faith without calling for a fast, and implied in that is prayer and preparation and all of that, and I think there, that's certainly there. But she's going to take it nonetheless. In the book of Acts, when Paul was in Corinth, the Lord appeared to him in the night. Paul was afraid and he said to him, don't be afraid any longer, Paul, but go on speaking. Don't be silent. For I am with you and no man will attack you in order to harm you. I have many people in this city. And Paul settled there three years and six months teaching the word of God among them. That's Acts 18, 9 through 11. Just when Paul was concerned about his life and he had many reasons to be concerned, Jesus said, don't be afraid anymore. Go on speaking. Don't be silent. I don't know if you're here tonight and there's something going on in your life where you feel like you've been hushed. Fear has closed your mouth. And you're praying through it right now. And maybe you're even fasting and you're asking the Lord, how do I respond? What do I do? What do I say? I think the Lord would say, seek me and I'll give you what you need. And so Esther told them to reply to Mordecai after Mordecai says, maybe you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. She says, 16, go and assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. We were in Israel the first time in 2006 and we happened to be there during the feast of Purim. Purim is the feast that's celebrated from the book of Esther. There's a young man from New York that was standing there at the Wailing Wall. Me and my friend were a little apprehensive. We wanted to make sure that we, you know, we were respectful. And so we said to this young man who had been fasting, part of the Esther fast, he said, we said to him, hey, can we approach the wall? What do we need to do? And he goes, anybody who comes here in peace may approach the wall. And he was from New York visiting during the Feast of Purim. But get this, how many of you have said, okay, I'm gonna fast over something. I'm gonna fast. And maybe maybe it's like, I'm going to fast electronics, or I'm going to fast my breakfast, or I'm going to fast chocolate, or I'm going to make a big sacrifice, and, and I'm not going to eat this one thing, ice cream, for I'll, I'll do that for three days, I won't have my ice cream after my dinner, oh, that, that's big, we know. But can you imagine a fast where you don't eat or drink anything for three days? If you've ever tried to fast before, the first day is the hardest because everything in your flesh is crying out, what are you doing? (laughs) Your flesh says, this is not the deal that we've made. You do this first thing in the morning, then you eat that, then you drink this. You have your cup of coffee, you have a little bit of the half and half, with a little bit of the, you know, the sugary, the the foo-foo. And now, We aren't cooperative. There's a failure to communicate. And everything in your flesh cries out. This is an extreme fast. This is a serious fast. Because it's a serious moment. And so she says, fast for me. You can fast for other people. It's not always about your own life. She says, please fast for me. You could ask other people to pray and fast for you. They got to be good friends, though. (laughs) What do you mean fast for you? I and my maidens also will fast in the same way, and thus I will go to the king. She musters up the courage, okay? You ever been there before? You work through the whole thing? Okay, yes, this is the right thing, okay? I'm gonna do it. Cowardly lion at the witch's castle. I just have one thing to ask of you, fellows. What's that? Talk me out of it. That's sometimes how we feel, but we say, and then when you say, okay, I'm gonna do it, maybe you commit to it. All right, you ask me to do the, okay, I'll be there. It's, 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 it's in my calendar. Good, okay, yeah, good, oh no, what have I done? Maybe I'll call and say, I'm sick, I'm under the weather. I have a hangnail, I, I, I can't be there. Wait a minute, I've been fasting. Wait a minute, I've been praying. Wait a minute, I'm convinced that God's called me. And she says, I'm gonna go. I'm going to the king, which is not according to the law. And then notice end of 16, and if I perish, she's decided that if she's martyred, this is a very real possibility. I'm willing. I'm gonna say yes to what I see as God's guiding hand. One writer says, we only recognize the working of providence by looking back. But we have to commit ourselves to God's providence and our lives, to going forward. You can't look back on something providential unless you go forward and walk through the doors, even if they have some barbed wire on them. And so Mordecai went away, and he did just as Esther had commanded him. First he was giving orders, now she's giving spiritual orders to him, and he goes out, and he's going to begin to tell the people to fast for Esther. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to endure the ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking toward the reward. Fast for me, she says. This was Esther's defining moment. You ever had a defining moment? You didn't think you could do it. Everything in you wanted to say no, and you did it by faith, and it has now built your courage for the next time. That's what God does. He says, you trust me, and I will show up when you need me. And next time you face this same thing, you'll be a little bit stronger. You'll trust me a little bit more. One writer says, as L. Riken points out, Esther is the only person in the story with two names. Her Hebrew name is Hadassah. Her Persian name is Esther. He, Riken, reads this as an indication of the identity crisis that she's caught between two worlds. And she's faced with this. Being raised a Jew, she is thrust into the king's court where she must live as a pagan. Here, we are invited to ask a question about our faith. Where do we truly stand? Are we, living in, we are living in two conflicting worlds that are ready to collide, but who do we trust? Have you identified yourself so much with Christ that there's no doubt when you hit the fork in the road, when you are in that crisis situation, when two worlds are colliding, when you have to say, yes, I am a Christian and I'm not ashamed of the gospel, that you've already decided who you are. And sometimes you do have to decide in the moment. And I want to leave you with this. This is a story of a mediator. Esther is in the palace for such a time as this, and she's going to approach the king unsummoned with a decree of death hanging behind her. And we have a better mediator. We have a better advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And when we sin, and we will sin, here's what we know. We have an advocate with the Father. The golden scepter of God Almighty will be extended to us because the Son has mediated on our behalf. He is better than Esther. He is better than all the Old Testament uh, saints put together because Jesus Christ mediates for me and for you. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, that is the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom. Jesus said, if I perish, I perish, and Jesus knew he would perish. Jesus Christ laid down his life going before us, you know, before the scepter, if you will, before the decree of death, he paid the ransom price in full so that when you go into the palace of God Almighty, the scepter will be extended to you and you will be without the law, without death, because Jesus Christ paid your fine. That's the gospel. The good news that we proclaim is our king is our mediator. And he said, Father, I will perish for the joy set... Before me, I will endure the cross. I will despise the shame. And I will sit down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Father, thank you so much for Jesus Christ, our great advocate, our mediator, the God-man. Thank you for his love, hope we have in him. Thank you that he took that walk down the Via della Rosa toward Calvary knowing that he would perish, saying, if I perish, I perish. And he knew, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. They will have everlasting life. Thank you that the just one died for the unjust, for me, for us. Thank you that Jesus, the righteous one, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the scepter that will not depart from Judah, laid down his rights, took the decree of death. We've all sinned, we all fall short of your glory. The wages of our sin is death, but Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords has paid the ransom price in full. We can now approach the king of heaven because we are forgiven, set free from the decree of death, set free from Satan and all of his lies, given hope, not only for this life, but for the life to come. And that hope is the anchor of our souls. Hallelujah and amen, hope is the anchor of our souls. And hope is Jesus Christ, and that's the beauty, as we see the picture of the gospel coming through the Old Testament book of Esther. You know, it is humbling to me to know that Jesus Christ came to save us, The king left heaven to rescue us, to die for us, to extend that scepter of grace to us. Man, that is the good news of the gospel, and we have good news to share. Well, we have a lot more to learn from the book of Esther, so please keep listening along on this station. Two things to remember, though. If you tuned in halfway through today's teaching— please feel free to listen on our website. You can catch up. You can go back and listen to parts that you missed or you want to just kind of revisit at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. You can listen to today's teaching, previous ones and different books. You can check out the store. There's so much there at walkintruth.com. Also, we have the entire teaching of the book of Esther available now on a flash drive. We would love to send it to you as a thank you when you give $30 or more to support the ministry of Walk in Truth. We really appreciate your support of our ministry to get the truth of the gospel out to everyone who listens. And folks, people are listening who are unchurched and not Christians, but they're hearing the truth and you're helping us partner to get the word of God to them. You can give a donation, you can mail it in, you can give it online, you can find out all the information about how to do that at walkintruth.com. And please know, we deeply appreciate your partnership in the gospel. Tomorrow we begin in Esther chapter 5. The message is called Standing by Grace. You know, the only way we can stand before God and be forgiven is by His grace. And we're going to see a picture of that as we continue to study the book of Esther. Until then, may the Lord bless you and yours, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.